politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen yearning to fight for freedom anew to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for Wednesday, July 21st. And we are at a crossroads. We are really at a once in a generation crossroads on numerous issues, but really the most potent issues that will define us as a people, short term, midterm, long term. Now is a time when we need a clarion call of intrepid, consistent, principled, smart, detailed voices on the issues that affect our lives, our health, our security, our economy, our safety, our culture, the future of our nation state that we supposedly conceived as a republic. The left is on the the ropes. To use a wrestling analogy, they are on the ropes. When it comes to the big three, okay? March 16th of last year, 15 days to flatten the curve. May 25th, the George Floyd crime the phony race uh, theory. And then, of course, January 6th, where they concocted an insurrection that it now turns out not only was it false, but now we know from what the FBI has done with the Michigan governor kidnapping case, BuzzFeed, a left-wing outlet of all sources, reports that it turns out the FBI was largely not just behind monitoring and reporting what this militia was doing, They were promoting it and conceiving it, concocting it. So everything the left pushed to destroy our civilization turned out to be a lie. Republicans and conservative talkers are always looking for talking points. Well, we have talking points in spades. We have amazing, resonant talking points. Yet, at a time when we need those voices, do we have them? No, we don't. Republicans on every issue that matters when it matters, not on the legacy issues in the abstract when they don't. I'm pro-gun, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-low taxes. They're promoting the clot shots, COVID fascism, the entire false narrative, the parlance, the terminology. They're promoting criminal justice deform. They're promoting everything the left promotes. So the question for us is, Are we going to change our tactics once and for all? Will we sleep through the primaries and elect 99% of these same Republicans and then come in the general election and say, well, you have no choice. You can't allow the Democrats to win. Or will we actually throw out 95% of the current elected Republicans from school board up until governor and Congress and actually assert ourselves policy-wise activism-wise, at a state and local level. It's that simple. So today we're going to talk about as many facets of those three that we can. COVID fascism, crime, and January 6th. The news that we have that completely blows up their narrative. And the voice we're lacking. But first, today's sponsor, Alliance Defending Freedom. There are very few places for conservatives to turn and to help them with legal defense in the courts. Um, From freedom of speech, marriage, parental rights, religious liberty, ADF has been representing clients for 27 years. Uh, They want to share their story with you about family freedom 
and faith. If you go to adflegal.org slash CR, get your copy of ADF's ebook titled Generational Wins, absolutely free. Discover why fighting for what's right isn't just important for today, but how it impacts our nation for generations. And again, if that's adflegal.org slash CR, adflegal.org slash CR. And I will tell that tell you guys why while you take a look at that, send the folks at ADF a note and tell them my opinion is I appreciate the sponsorship. But we do hope that, you know, if we get our audience to donate more to them, they will use those resources to fight for all of liberty, not just religious liberty, as, as strongly as we feel about that, because it hinges upon general liberty. So in other words, we can't just have, oh, the Cuomo case in the Supreme Court where you can't have a different standard for church capacity, but you could shut down everything else. No. The way to protect religious liberty is by protecting all civil liberties. So, folks, again, we're at a crossroads. You think about, start off with the vaccines. We have all this information now. How we're still discovering the truth. But at the very minimum, we know that the vaccines are much less effective and much more dangerous than promised. We know that masks didn't work. We know that lockdowns didn't work. We know that it's not the people's fault. The virus does what it does. We know that the very people that are pushing that it's our fault, that we must be controlled, are the ones that clearly worked with the Wuhan lab to fund the creation and proliferation of this very virus. And we know that there are very effective and near zero risk stuff that's safer than Tylenol to prophylax and early treatment that is not being pushed and it's being censored and often prohibited. So we have a beautiful narrative in those four, five premises, and we have endless data and studies and science and talking points to back it up. Yet, name me the Republicans pushing it. And in fact, take a listen to this minute clip from Mitchie McConnell Turtle Soup, officially the highest-ranking Republican in America right now. Listen to what he has to say here. 97% of the hospitalizations in the country for COVID are unvaccinated people. It never occurred to me after three highly effective vaccines were developed in under a year that we'd have difficulty getting Americans to take the shots. But that's obviously where we are. I want to underscore in the strongest possible manner I can And I say this with some authority, as you all know, as a result of being a polio victim myself and being very aware that it took seven decades to come up with two effective polio vaccines. This was done in under one year. These shots need to get in everybody's arm as rapidly as possible, or we're going to be back in a situation in the fall that we don't yearn for, that we went through last year folks holy smokes in that one minute clip every word has three lies in it 97 percent made up made up every other country that posts real data shows the opposite right in israel 15 out of the 20 deaths 
Notice I said 20 deaths in July. <laughs> That's not a lot, even for a small country. So it's not a lot, but what is there? 15 out of 20 were vaccinated. They had the same Pfizer shot that we had. Okay? We know from the UK, 60% of the hospitalizations are from those who have been vaccinated. We know Israel just announced, their health ministry just said this, that efficacy since the start of inoculation in Israel is down 42% for protection from the virus and 60% for protection from severe disease among the earliest vaccinated. Now, I would argue Israel is perpetuating the lie. They're covering their tracks that trying to suggest that it had efficacy and lost it. It doesn't matter much. Their admission is a huge story in and of itself. But the truth be told, it's just that the virus stopped after the winter spread. So it wasn't doing anything. Now it is. It's not that it was probably always that um, effective. Um, but, you know, may, maybe there is some truth to a short-term effectiveness. Whatever it is, it's meaningless. And by the way, you also note that they actually have a worse efficacy standard for severe disease than even blocking it. So they have better prophylactic, the exact opposite of what the American so-called um, phony experts are saying. But here we have Mitchie McConnell saying that. We should be thankful. It took 70 years for polio, but this in less than a year... Yeah, maybe there's something wrong with that, buddy. <laughs> Less than a year. And basically, if you want your freedom, you better do this. So when we have the worst assault, the worst censorship, the worst lies that are leading to the most deaths, both from COVID and the response to it, the worst thing that liberals have ever done in Mitch McConnell's long life in politics, he is not only not even just a mere speed bump in front of that tyranny and despotism. He steps on the gas pedal. He articulates their verbiage, their arguments, their gutter morality and premises better than the Democrats do. And it's true on every issue. When we're confronted with the issues that matter at the time they matter most, Republicans are always on the other side. When we have the biggest blood libel of white supremacism rather than black supremacism and black criminals and gangsters and really all criminals, when we, when we need, when we have an under-incarceration problem, they're like, we have an over-incarceration problem. We need criminal justice reform. How much longer are we going to continue voting for every one of these people? I tried to throw that SOB out seven years ago in a primary. I worked my tail off almost single-handedly. None of these people, none of these big heroes now that are like, oh, uh, Mitch McConnell, now, now that he's likely in his final term, none of them were with me. And in fact, some very prominent names were like, McConnell's very effective, Daniel. What are you doing? It's a major primetime Fox host, I'll tell you that much. So... That's where we are. We don't, we don't have a voice. But folks, now is the time. You know, typically too many things like we know we're right, but, but we don't have the evidence yet. It takes a while. We have enormous evidence on the issues of our time. Every red state legislature is at a crossroads. If they were to meet and hold hearings 
and votes auditing everything their respective departments of health are doing premised on COVID fascism and change policies accordingly. Switch to an approach of being helpful, not controlling of people. For, for a fraction of the funding that was thrown out to states, like I was told, um, I was speaking to an Idaho legislator yesterday, uh, just their next tranche of federal funds is going to be $1.3 billion. That's for a tiny state, $1.3 billion. state like Idaho. They could hand out, um, by, by the way, a, a listener, Steve, uh, from Washington State, sent me, you know, I mentioned, like, you know, it would be great to have one cocktail rather than taking a bunch of vitamins. So um, he mentioned Zelenko's protocol. If you go to VladimirZelenkoMD.com, you can get Zelenko's vitamin cocktail. It's uh, 30 milligrams of zinc, 500 milligrams of quercetin, um, 800 milligrams of vitamin C, and 125 of vitamin D, which I think is the equivalent of... 5,000 IUs. So that's all in one. Um, and I think it's free shipping too. Again, I mean, he's not advertising with me, trying to get him on the show, get a hold of him. But just just for, I care about people. Unlike these people, there's nothing political about that part of what I'm telling you. Um, again, if the virus was completely a nothing for everyone, it would be less scandalous what they're doing. You know, they're just needlessly destroying our lives and economy and killing people from the reaction. But because there are people that are going to get this badly and some do die from it, there is a need to properly treat it. It's like someone comes in with a brain tumor and you amputate their foot. It's two problems. You cut off their foot for nothing, but you're ignoring the treatment that needs to be dealt with for, for you know, the, the true ailment that's in front of you. States could mail this stuff out for free. Mail out ivermectin for free with clear instructions when to use it. Consult your doctor if you want. You would you would have prevented 80-90% of this. But that's where we are. No counterbalance from Republicans. Now, folks, one of the ways we're going to strategize, we've gotten this uh, every few months, we go out and have a little trip together at Front Sight Nevada, courtesy of ConstitutionCoach.com, our buddies at Patriot Academy. Um, this is their defensive handgun training along with Constitution training. Rick Green runs the Constitution training. Um, the handgun defense training, there's a two-day course and a four-day course out at Pahrump, Nevada. That's Front Sight, and it is really, truly the best instructors out there. Um, typically, it's $2,000 for their four-day course. If you do it through constitutioncoach.com, it's just 150 bucks. Obviously, you are going to spend, you know, with with the accommodations and the ammo, but I'd advise to double that up as a vacation. Uh, we have dates in September, October, November, December. I will be at the October 31st trip. If you want to meet me and others from this audience and ha get, have a get-together, um, but I'm warning you, if I see you, I might force you to become a state team leader for our strike force teams. We badly need that. We have um, about 2,000 volunteers. We have enough people to take over almost every red state with activism. We just need leaders to coordinate, put the meetings together, assign tasks. So again, email me, dharwitz at blazemedia.com if you want to join me in that endeavor. Um, and certainly go to constitutioncoach.com, our sponsor today, uh, to join us at this terrific defensive handgun training. And, and, and truly, I mean... 
I, I, again, I'm not trying to be insulting, but a lot of our people are very into guns and they'll own guns, even carry them. And that's great. It's your right. You should. But a lot of people don't really know how to properly wear a holster, much less draw from the holster. Um, you know, take accurate headshots, chest shots from seven yards, 10 yards. We're going to be doing that. Um, really lots of fun, terrific training. But folks, here's where we are right now. So again, Israel, this is this is the Israeli health ministry saying 60% decline in protection from a severe disease among the earliest vaxxed. 15 of 20 deaths so far in July in Israel have been among those that have gotten the clot shot. And, and it's funny, like, one of the excuses I'm hearing, oh, it's the most immunocompromised and elderly. And I'm like, dude, that was the whole enchilada. That's what we needed the vaccine for. That's so stupid. Like, I, I saw this stupid thing one of these guys put out. It was like, hey, you know, it doesn't disprove the efficacy because, you know, even if it's like 95% effective, you're still going to have a higher rate of hospitalization among the seniors than the kids. I'm like, but you, so they're they're now saying our argument that unvaccinated kids are less at risk than vaccinated um, adults, even accepting their 95% effectiveness, but they're the same people advocating that kids should get it. It makes no sense. So they want to have it always. So that's where we are. But folks, here's the good news. It's all percentages. The raw numbers, Israel had 20 deaths. It'll, there'll be more to follow, but it's not a big deal. It's the exact opposite of what they're saying. They're saying the Delta, this, it's the worst than ever, and therefore you have to get vaccinated. The reality is the vaccine's not working, Delta or not. But the good news is it really is not a big deal. And you're seeing it in the data. You're also seeing it in the symptoms. All over the UK, they're reporting this. They've been reporting this for two months. And the UK Guardian has an article. You could look it up. The title is Delta Variant. COVID symptoms include headaches, sore throat, and runny nose. And they say the data collected as part of the app-based Zoe COVID symptom study suggests that the Delta Variant first detected in India feels like a bad cold, according to Tim Spector, professor of genetic epidemiology at King's College London, who is leading the work. COVID is acting differently now. It's more like a bad cold. People might think they've just got some sort of seasonal cold and they still go out to parties. We think this is fueling a lot of the problem. So what's really important to realize is that since the start of May, we've been looking at the top symptoms in all the app users and they're not the same as they were. So the number one symptom is headache, followed by sore throat, runny nose, and fever. Dude, that's good news. It's like it's lost to them. Oh my God, now it's like a cold and people aren't even going to realize they have it. It's so bad, they don't know they have it and they're going to go out. Like, that's called life. <laughs> that's good. It's exactly what we've been yelping about for a year about Mueller's ratchet. If it gets to the extent that it would become more prolific and become endemic to a certain extent, that would be, in many respects, a victim of his own success because that would indicate that it's no longer a pandemic. It's endemic. It's a cold. Now, again, I would argue there still is a wrinkle. I, I, I still think for certain people in certain brackets, particularly older men, there is a risk of it turning into a cytokine storm more so than a, than a rhinovirus. 
Well, the truth be told, I you know the literature. Some people have shown me coronavirus colds have been like that, and you know we've had these problems. People get hospitalized, and we don't. We never talked about it. But it's not going to be a pandemic level. That's the beauty of this. You're finding this everywhere. My buddy Kyle Lamb put out in the past ten weeks. If you look at the UK, the case fatality rate is 0.1%. The CFR, the IFR is much lower because um because you know they themselves are admitting that so many people are 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 um there's, there's another article and I can't find it it might be the UK might be in the US too uh where they're saying people are rebelling against test and trace. People have had enough of it. And I think just anecdotally and with the data on testing you're seeing that. It, it, there's still a lot of places where they're forced to get test tested, but a lot of people are if they're not forced, they're not doing it, much less so than before. So the likelihood is that there's many more cases we're not detecting. In other words, at first it was kind of like thought to be a 10 to 1 ratio. When testing started out, it was rare, so there were 10 times greater number of cases than what we really detected. Then we tested like crazy, and it went down to more like a 3 to 1 ratio. Now it's gone back the other way. So the case fatality rate is now lower than the flu. Certainly the infection fatality rate. There have been 1,000 deaths out of, out of um, over a million cases in the UK since the last 10 weeks. Now, if you look at a chart, in most pla- the, the, the most potent place is Scotland, northwest um, UK. And, and that's because it has nothing to do with Delta. That's because they had the fewest cases until now, so they got the most of the next iteration of it. And if you look, there's a complete decoupling of deaths and uh, cases to the point where now it's already, the, you know, the case curve is down. It, they're, they're over it already. You know, through all the panic, they're, it, it's, it's down. It's going down. And there's barely a little hump of deaths. Tiny compared to all the other waves and certainly the winter wave. Tiny. Now, again, they're backlogged a little bit, and it will continue a little bit more. But, you know, so when they're yelping about Florida on the south, which, by the way, had nothing for several months while the northeast and Michigan and Minnesota had tons of cases with their masks and all their policies. So now they're clear, and the places that were clear before aren't because it alternates. That's what it does. The biggest proof, and I was the first to write on this, my article, The Delta Deception, a month ago. India. India, there's a new study out. India was the home of the so-called Delta variant. In India, 85% of healthcare workers have antibodies. Two-thirds of those in the general population, older than six years old, have antibodies. Yet, they were able to subdue the thing with just 3.1% vaccinated. Already by June 23rd, cases were down more than 50%. I'm, I'm sorry, by May 29th, and by June 23rd, deaths were down 50%. And now it's done with. 85% seroprevalence among healthcare workers, two-thirds in the general population. 
and their deaths are one-tenth of, of America and Western Europe. Even if you want to say that they're underreporting and there's really more, how much are we going to have our willing suspension of disbelief? They clearly don't have as many deaths per capita, and they have much more seroprevalence than these other countries. So it threw its full punch, the Delta variant, at India. And you look at the infection fatality rate there, it's a decimal over, meaning it's not 0.1, it's closer to 0.01. You want to say there's some underreporting. You can only say that to a certain extent. And if you do that, you're going to have to do that with a lot of other countries that we rely with, rely upon for data. So that's the story with India. And by the way, just another important thing I want to mention. 85% of healthcare workers in India have antibodies. What happened to the mask? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is pathetic. 85% have it. Well, doctors wear masks, Daniel. They must work. So that's with that. Now, I'm going to have a whole article out today on censorship and everything. Um, I mentioned that the JAMA study, the German study published in JAMA on carbon dioxide levels increasing sixfold above the safe level for kids wearing a mask just for three minutes. Um, and they just pulled it. So I have a whole list. I wrote a whole article today, a list on things that were retracted without any explanation, just saying, I don't like this. So like, like there were studies, they said, well, the all sorts of other evidence shows mass work. Huh? Okay, but this is one that doesn't, so let's debate it. There's nothing flawed with the study, right? And that's what they do. And one even said, this will get people not to wear a mask. So we're pulling it. Huh? Hey, this, so the, this is the new censorship, the retraction. And and the thing with a lot of these studies is sometimes they sit for a couple months and the editors had no problem with them. And we didn't discover them, but people like us, you know, on the rationalist side, we'll discover, one of us will discover it and then we'll kind of, within 24 hours, all of us will start talking about it. Then they retract it. It's a complete joke. So the Epoch Times is an article they evidently got the response from the, the lead author in the German study. Um, and he noted that everything I said, he said there's nothing wrong with what they did. They never told them the details. They, they, they never accepted their response. Um, and, you know, basically, if someone doubts our results, the way to go... The go is not to claim they're wrong without proof, but to produce better and different results. Except they don't want to study it because they know any way you study any methodology, you'll find increased carbon dioxide levels. They don't want to study a randomized controlled trial of efficacy of mask wearing because, gee, we don't need a study. We have the whole world. Like, imagine if I want to study, like, whether farting on a on a on a house fire is going to put out the fire. Okay? <laughs> I'm sorry to get gross with you, but I'm just in that type of funny mood. So, you know, and then I get like I obsess about it and get a million people to come and start farting on the fire. And they fart and they eat beans nonstop and they're doing it all day long. And the fire doesn't 
attenuate one iota. I don't need to freaking study it. You did it. You, you, you typically study something because typically if it's something that's going to affect someone's body, you're scared to do it without having solid evidence, so you don't do it. Here we did it anyway. We used people like lab rats when it came to the clot shots and certainly with the masking and the lockdowns. We didn't study it. We did it. So they got what they wanted, and it failed. So there's nothing to study. The irony is lost on these people with Japan. They were wearing masks with a degree of discipline. You, I mean, you could never top that. I mean, we all agree. They wear it properly, and they wear it. It was already in their culture. They were wearing it for months, and now they have to basically shut down the Olympics unprecedentedly End all spectator uh, visitations. You know, they don't have no, no spectators at the Olympics for the first time ever because there's so many cases. Now, mind you, you know, they have some degree of cross immunity, very healthy country. Some say it's a type O blood type in Japan. It's all different theories. Their fatality rate is very low. They don't seem to have a problem with it, but the cases are certainly very high. So that's the important thing when you're talking about masks. It's, it's clearly not a source control. The fact that they're doing better with it has to do with, you know, just who they are. So that's what that one one other thing. And, and and again, like, how could Mitch McConnell, if nothing else, at least admit the ironclad, incontrovertible, uninterrupted stream of data and science on natural infection being superior? How could you tell people with natural infection, which is half the country? Remember, so many people don't realize, I can't tell you how many people email me and say, I took the T-Detect test, which is the only way to really know if you were exposed and are immune. And I'm, I'm positive. I don't remember getting it. Honestly, I'm too cheap to spend the 150 bucks to find out. So, you know, um, maybe maybe when the price goes down, I'll get it myself. But my point is, you should at least tell everyone take a T-Detect before risking the shot. This is from Thai Medical News. So it's news-medical.net. Thai study looks at corona vaccine versus natural immunity. So they actually looked at the, um, the comparison and they compared it with Alpha, beta, and delta strains. It's a preprint at MedRxiv. So it is a preprint. And in the study, the researchers assessed S1 receptor binding domain, the RBDs, the IG, the, their IgG levels and neutralizing antibodies, the NAB titers, against SARS-CoV-2 um, vaccine strains. And what they found was truly astounding. Well, it's not astounding. We know it already. It's astounding that this is not big news. It's astounding that this is not big news. And um, they found that, where is this? I'm just reading this below here. That basically, natural infection crushed 
the vaccines. This is the biggest lie we are being told. The biggest lie. And it is extremely, extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous. Truly unbelievable. If you look at the data, they say that neutralizing antibodies elicited by vaccine are much lower when compared to natural infection. It's most prevalent with the Delta variant. The authors evaluate neutralizing antibody levels against variants of concern. The percentage of detectable neutralizing antibodies in individuals vaccinated with corona vaccine was found to be lowest compared to naturally infected individuals. Straight up. Yet we have an entire system of money being spent, policies being implemented based on the opposite being true. And name me the governor the Republican legislature that has gotten involved and reined in their respective departments of health to change their policies based on this. The authors conclude that um, the WT strain of SARS-CoV-2 is best neutralized by natural infection compared to corona vaccine. Um, and there you go. Especially with the Delta. So they're like, Delta, 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 vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. It's like, huh? Everything they say, the opposite is true. Again, in Israel, they published the new weekly data. So what they do is they juxtapose. This is straight up from the Israeli health ministry. Okay, very detailed data. Not this hearsay. 150% of hospitalizations in America are from unvaccinated. This is Israel, the epicenter of the vaccine. The, um... You know, it was all Pfizer, 100% Pfizer there, which is the majority in America as well. 78%. Wait, so, so again, 79% of people in their 20s were vaccinated. Both shots in Israel. 78% of confirmed cases in that age group are vaccinated. Almost perfectly mirrors it. You go to like um, 60 to 69-year-olds, 91% of them in Israel are vaxxed. 92% of the cases in that age group are vaxxed. People in their 70s, 95% of them are vaxxed. 95%? 95% of cases of people in their 70s from July 11th to July 17th this past week were vaccinated. Where is the GOP on this messaging? Name me how many of them, aside from Rand Paul, maybe Ron Johnson. Who? Most of these governors are pushing the same thing Mitch McConnell was. So that's the opportunity we have, folks, with the vaccine and COVID fascism. But now I want to move on to the other issue in the remaining time, crime. The Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, announced that he's going to use the special session, which is designated for redistricting in the fall, to push to deal with the crime wave. Atlanta has become the new Chicago. It's a toilet. It's horrible. Now, I believe he should be holding a special session right now, an emergency session just on that. And I think every state needs to be doing that on COVID fascism, and many states that have the problem should be doing it on crime. 
But I have an article out today. We are we have a once in a generation chance to finally right the wrong, right on crime, wrong on crime. That organization to truly right the ship and finally change the balance of our justice system back towards victims of crime. And I have a list of recommendations because what I want to make sure is the problem is whenever we win out over the left that God gives us a set of circumstances, sometimes they're bad. For example, crime going up, but politically it's good in the sense that they can no longer hide like, oh, you know, we have low crime. Why do we need so many people in prison? Now they can't use that. Now we have an opportunity, but Republicans will co-opt it. Oh, throw some more money at the police and programs. No, build more prisons and change statutes and policies and take away this discretion from judges to ensure that more people are behind bars. So I have a list of suggestions to make that happen. And again, very simple talking points Republicans have, but let me, um, or should have, but my fear is that it's going to get co-opted. So that's why I want to lay down very specific markers. So here's a list of my uh, my recommendations. Obviously, we need a very strong anti-gang bill that makes it easier to prosecute gang members across state lines. It incentivizes prosecutors' offices to, to prioritize those cases and puts extra mandatory sentencing for crimes either committed in furtherance of gang activity or as part of an expectation. Remember, a lot of times you could have a burglary, a carjacking, and you don't realize, but that the guy had to do it to get an initiation in the gang. Gangs are responsible for the majority of crime. Slap massive mandatories on that. I'm telling you, you do that, you go after the gangs, you go after most of the criminals. Toughen juvenile sentencing for violent and repeat offenders, particularly, again, those affiliated with gangs, allow prosecutors, not judges, to decide whether to charge a juvenile defendant as an adult. Um, the problem we have in Georgia and many other states now is it's the judge has to make the determination, and the judge is, an, you know, is, is a total dirtbag. We need special mandatories just on carjacking. A lot of states that have, like I know... Um, in Georgia, they have seven sins. It's called their seven sins laws where you know you have different stringencies on parole and pretrial release for seven violent crimes. Carjacking needs to be add, added to that. Toughen sentences on those convicted of violent crimes who are then caught in felony possession of firearms and certainly those who go on to commit crimes with firearms. You know, um, this, uh, this guy in Chicago, a lot of people are talking about this 73-year-old black Vietnam War veteran that was killed during a carjacking. Increasingly, carjackings becoming deadly. The 18-year-old who killed him, he was out just two months ago. He was arrested for carjacking. And he was already on probation for another carjacking when he used a firearm. Okay? So this is, this is everything. The carjacking and the juveniles. We need to mandate that any violation of parole result in automatically serving out the rest of your sentence. Very simple thing. Okay? Parole is your second chance. You blow it, you blow it. Okay, that should be that should be a no-brainer. Yet most people who violate their parole are not reincarcerated. Obviously, we need to lower the threshold to hold people without bond or higher bond for certain violent crimes as well as repeat offenders. 
So if you're a repeat offender, the threshold should be lower for that crime. If it's not, there, there still needs to be some sort of threshold. You can't have all these people committing multiple armed robberies and carjackings and certainly rape and murder and being released. And then also, rather than, I mean, I'm not against funding the police more. We need more detectives. But there's more of a need to fund prosecutor offices. Because what's happening now is there's a massive backlog in the Fulton County DA's office. By the way, they got rid of the, um, that was the one success. They defeated the Soros prosecutor there. She's a Democrat, uh, Fannie Willis. She's black. She's actually better than most Republicans there. She wants to go full bore on prosecution. I actually have friends who work in her office. They're conservatives, but they work in her office. Um, so it says a lot. I'm not saying she's not going to be political. You know, she's going after Trump and has th- those investigations. She's she still is a Democrat, but at least on crime, she's good, um, better than most Republicans, certainly the libertarian ones. Um, but there is an insane backlog. I'm talking about murder and rape. In where is this in the Seattle area? Um, there are King County. Right, that's I mean Seattle and the surrounding area is King County. At least two hundred fifty murder cases and four hundred sexual assault cases are among more than three thousand violent crime cases pending in Superior Court, just in King County, Washington, because of COVID. And by the way, that's another thing. Because we didn't properly treat it and we ignored and censored what would stop the and help save lives, and did stuff that didn't work. People don't realize the other death toll. There's so many different things we never considered. We shut down criminal proceedings. You cannot imagine how many murderers, much less armed robbers and just carjackers and you know vagrants and all these people were let go as a result. The charges were dismissed. And, and there's a backlog, and they're going to run up against statute of limitations and resources. So normally my belief is that with crime... It's a policy problem, not a funding problem. But with the prosecutor offices, there really is because we've had, you know, five to seven years of jailbreak policies culminating with COVID jailbreak. There is such a backlog that they do need more resources. Now, again, don't throw it at them. What what one of my recommendations is, and, and we've done this before, you have grant programs to prosecutor offices. You have it named after specific specific titles of statute. So you're going to go after the three strikes and you're out. You're going to, this funding is to go after, take these people off, you know, off the table. We also have to build more prisons and more courts. So you don't have this excuse of all oh, this overcrowding or there's not enough time. You know, it takes too long to get a trial. So we have to let them go. Joe Biden himself said to reprogram funding to combat crime, all the COVID funding. He literally said that. So <laughs> use it. He means more to use for gun control, but he said to combat crime. There's also another interesting thing that I talked about, you know, when we talked about recidivism and three strikes and you're out. Most states have some sort of recidivist and three strikes and you're out law, and Georgia has one of the strictest, but it's a joke. So, for example, under Georgia's recidivism statute, If you're convicted of a second felony, it could result in automatically being sentenced to the maximum time. If if the prosecutor files for it. However, 
there's a clause in the statute. And, and statutes are always written like this. They were meant to be exceptions, but they become the rule. Kind of like immigration law is similar to this. Judges are able to, at their discretion, suspend or probate the maximum sentence. So, in other words, you're automatically subject to the maximum sentence. Except the judge could suspend it or say you serve out the maximum sentence probation. So, let's say the maximum sentence is 10 years. Okay, so you get 10 years on probation. Where did I see this? In, in Houston, there was this mother that strangled, starved, beat her eight-year-old son to death. She got eight years of probation. <laughs> All probation. It's happening everywhere. So, you know, a lot of people are like, Daniel, we have these laws already. No, we don't. So you go to Fulton County. This is before COVID jailbreak. This is old data. I'd love to see the new data. I don't have it. But if you look at old data... From, where is this? 2017, 2018. Just 23% of repeat offenders arrested by Atlanta police were sentenced to any degree of confinement by Fulton County Superior Court judges. The most common sentence issued by a Fulton judge was, you guessed it, time served. That's a loophole that needs to be quashed in a lot of states. And mind you, Georgia's always advertised just your second felony and you get the maximum sentence. And then you go up the totem pole to the three strikes law, which is you had three felony convictions for your fourth felony. Now, what do you think I'm about to say? You probably think I'm going to say your fourth felony, you get life. No, you get the maximum sentence. Well, Daniel... Isn't that two? Well, no, because we said it's a joke because the judge could parole. So here the judge can't parole. So you don't get parole. You do have to serve the maximum sentence. But here's the deal. Let's say you have murder, rape, and armed robbery, and then you're convicted of another armed robbery. Uh, Dude, that... So I don't know what the maximum is for armed robbery, but let's say it's 10 to 15 years or whatever. You should get life. And again, this is a big problem because we talked about this before. A lot of the murderers only get second degree even though they're cold-blooded. So they're out in many states after 10 years. If you, in my mind, if you have a murder conviction and you're convicted of another violent felony, depending, I think we need to tighten that rather than four convictions to trigger maximum sentence, I would say it should be some mixture of two or three depending on the mix of felonies that you're convicted of, two or three, and depending on the mix, should sometimes result in life. Look, armed robbery, first time, I'm not going to tell you you should get life. You should get a lot more than he does get. But whatever it is, you could debate that. But if you're telling me three armed robberies, yes, he should get life. There's no excuse to let him out because those, not only are, is he going to keep doing that, it's among that pool of people that are going to commit the murders. But watch Republicans shy away from the message of lock them up because I don't want to be a racist. It's like, did, did you hear the um, frantic nature of McConnell's voice? Let me be clear. This is what we believe. It's the same way they talk about uh, like racism. Like, they run before the cameras. Oh, no, no, no. Black supremacism, BLM. That, that's what the vaccine has become. How about running before the cameras and saying, 
Do you know, folks, I didn't count the exact number, but um, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a picture of every uh, homicide victim last year, record homicide. Well, it's not a record, but it's the highest in Atlanta in over two decades. Um, And this year, we're outpacing it by like 20%, outpacing last year. Almost every single person was black. Almost every single person person was black okay as of mid-may this year in 2021 94 percent of all shooting victims in atlanta this year 94 percent were black now obviously the carjackings and the muggings and sometimes assaults it's, it's affecting everyone but the black victims are the ones who pay the ultimate price most often we have Republicans love talking points. They don't care about principle. We have them. We have them on this on January 6th. We now have the FBI. There's another FBI agent in Michigan arrested for sex offenses now. The FBI is a toilet, needs to be defunded like the ATF. It turns out that anything that's right wing in this country, a right wing insurrection, it's not just being infiltrated by the FBI, it's being run and produced by the FBI. So many questions about Oklahoma City, by the way, that now that we know what we know now. And then you have the John Doe and all the other, you know, we all the other evidence we never looked at there. Boy, oh boy, I bet you so much more was going on then. And that's, that's a lot of evidence on that. But the point is, where is the counter narrative? We are at a crossroads. We could elect people in the primaries that speak to the messaging of this show, or we could continue with the Mitch McConnells. You might think it's a no-brainer that people are ready for change. I think they are. But not if the people who do this for a living and help lead the fight and are influential continue promoting the same garbage. And you have Fox News getting up there and promoting this. And this is why I got I need you guys to send the show to everyone. Anyone you know who listens to Fox News or Newsmax, tell them, why don't you hear the real thing? Give us a five-star rating if you can on iTunes. We have a lot more on the plate. We're just getting started. It's already Wednesday. But folks, we will always supply you with the truth. I'm trying to get some good guests on the show at the end of the week. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Stay informed. Thank you for listening.